Um, Tua's brother looks, I know, I'm sure he would prefer to not be called Tua's brother, but um, sorry, Tua's just that good. Tua's brother. Um, right, while Tua's playing like this. Yeah, when Tua does this, you are Tua, all, you oh, yeah. Tua's brother. Until, yeah, until otherwise, coming off a week where you made an NFL game look like a college blowout, uh, you are Tua's brother. So Tua's brother, no though. Disrespect, but no disrespect. No disrespect, Tua's brother. I needed, I needed this week four college football. Very excited. Recording Ooh. on very, very, very hyped. Recording on a Monday, and let me tell you why I am particularly hyped. Because the I need to watch the stink off of yesterday's football off of me. Now we don't do, we don't really do too much NFL talk on this show, but I am a a, a Raiders fan since childhood. And just the football in general yesterday was stinky. Um, the Dolphins are out here treating professional teams like it's college football. But um, the the Raiders, like, I guess this is my dream scenario. Josh McDaniels is so, like, just gets himself fired. I guess that is what I'm rooting for. Um, and, and to get Caleb Williams. But, yeah, yesterday's football was just, like, for the Raiders, dumb decisions, capped off a, a day of pretty cruddy football. Uh, and this is why college football, to me, is king. Yeah, to be clear, there were some horrible decisions on Saturday, too. When we look at the, the slate of games, especially given how much these folks are paid. Like, it's very mind-numbing what folks like the Raiders are doing yesterday from a coaching perspective. Yeah. Um, Josh McDaniels just, uh, I, again, my dream scenario is he gets himself fired. We bring in, uh, Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams next year, just a whole mm. revamp, right? Just the whole, the whole thing, the one, two and start anew, but we'll, we'll save, we'll save that for, for another day. Let's, we're going to get into week four college football. This is by far. The biggest on paper, the biggest weekend of the year in terms of far. The, the ranked v ranks that we were getting, the conference matchups, the the games of importance. There were a number of games that uh, you know the college football playoffs. It's only four teams, but there's a number of games that are were de facto you know playoff matchups in terms of yeah you know, what happens in some of these games will ultimately determine what the final college football playoff looks like. And like, if you don't win this one this week, team X, yeah. like you're probably yeah. out. And there were, you know, no shortage of, I would say maybe five, six of those games that had those types of implications. We'll, we'll try to get to all of them, but that was a weekend that on paper was amazing. And I think it delivered, like, I don't know about you. I, I think it certainly delivered in terms of what we got. Yeah, I also always appreciate when the 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 quality of games stand across the day. And Saturday, I think, was the first day we've had this this year where um, every slate of games, every time slot, had at least two really good games to watch. Yeah, 
for sure. That's a good call. Um, yeah, part of why I, 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 I tout college football over the NFL is because you get games, yeah, you know, 12 to 2, 3 in the morning. They are games. Uh, but yeah, to your point, maybe in every window, it's not always uh, delivering. There might be some windows that are a little bit more nap time than others in certain weeks. Uh, but yeah, this one was from 12 o'clock noon till the last slate of West Coast games. There was something to be locked into at least one game. Oftentimes, you know, I had to I had to go eight screens this weekend, which is that's even for me. I, I'm usually at, at four, maybe a fifth. Um, but but we had to you know, get the get the YouTube TV busted out into four screens uh, through from from noon till the end of the day. It, it required all the screens. There was something great to watch across the country. Uh, yeah. We'll we'll get to as much as possible, but we're gonna start. With, to your point, the sample size is different, but there were not eight games yesterday worth watching. No, yeah, the, yeah, it, it, it's. I guess that's a yes. College is it's so many more games, and yeah, the NFL is it, it, it's fewer. Um, but usually, what the NFL offers is well, everyone's good. We're all professionals, so all the games mm-hmm. should, in theory, mm-hmm. be close. But when that doesn't happen, which there was a lot of that yesterday, um, you know, college actually kind of gives you the, at least now, maybe back in the day it's different, but I think what we're seeing with college now is everyone is, or the, 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 there are more good teams. It's not so much that no one's good, which I've kind of heard people saying, no one's really that much better than anyone else. I think what it is, is, there are more good teams in college football probably than we've ever had before. And I'm by just right. like a random sample measurement to use for that, when teams like Kansas and Duke and, you know, if those types of schools are are getting good, like legitimately good at, at football, on top of Blue Bloods that are always going to be good, and then you have smaller programs that are now getting good. Like when you have that, like when Utah, for example, has been a, a powerhouse now for 10 years, like there are just more good schools in the sport now right. than there have ever been. And what that gives you on a, on a weekend or really any given weekend is you're going to get matchups that are intriguing, that are close, games that are fun, well played. And, you know, it's not just the power fives anymore. It's, it's any conference you want to name, you're going to get – quality teams, maybe some future NFL players and some mm-hmm. really good mm-hmm. matchups. And I guess I'll start with thoughts because we're going to get to all the windows. We'll go general thoughts. It's usually how we kick it off. Michael Irving, um, last week we talked about The Rock. Okay. The Rock, not really a football legend at Miami like that. No disrespect. He is a legend for all other types of things, and is Miami. I don't think he would claim that either. But, in fairness, yeah, but, yeah. but but he 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 now he's been around the program. I'm sure he's donated. I'm sure Miami would love some of his money and some of his attention. But we talked about that last week, and you know I noted, hey, you know the Rock not only went to but played football at another school that's competing with Colorado in this space right now. Uh, Michael Irving going to Colorado that's that's another level right that's that's the the height of 
the Miami, you know, he's he's the the godfather of all this Miami stuff, right? The original Miami is is him and you know, Alonzo uh, Highsmith or Hightower. Is it Highsmith? Hightower? Highsmith. I think it's Highsmith. Highsmith, yeah. Highsmith. yeah. Like him, Highsmith, uh, Blades, the older, the older Blades. Al Blades. Uh, Al Blades. Yeah, talk like about them, it. I think talk those, about it. those three, that, that's, those are the OGs of like Miami football meaning something from the 80s into the 90s and early 2000s. Him showing up for Dion, we get it. Very close friends, played teammates together in the league. Um, but college ties wise, like if you're Miami, like diehard, like these college fans don't care about the NFL part of it. And all they're seeing is Dion went to Florida State. He's coaching at Colorado. You're a cane. What is this? What are you doing? Like, you can root for him at home on the couch. But, like, once you're showing up to the program, putting on the Buffalo, there's going to be some some not happy Miami fans about this. And, like, I'm here for it just because I'm here for all the chaos. But I definitely see where they're coming from in terms of, like, hey, bro, like, can you come to Miami, please? Like, what's going on? It used to be about this you. It, it used to. It used to. We used to not give a hell about a buff, but but now, I mean, Dion is is that nice? And yeah, I'm still leading with Dion. We're gonna talk about it before the game. I wrote, "Is this the first game?" Because I didn't look up ahead of time who was gonna broadcast it. Is this gonna be the first game where they get a white broadcasting crew on? Colorado. And the reason why I focused in on that is because last week, if you'll remember, it was Mark Jones, it was Lewis Reddick. And at one point, Mark Jones turned to Lewis Reddick and said, We got offset. We got uh Key Glock. We got I forget who else was there. There was another rapper. They were just showing uh Lil Wayne, let him out. They were just showing everybody. Lil Wayne and, coming, he, to, coming and, out the tunnel. Yeah, and Mark Jones goes. It's like the BT Awards in here. And, <laughs> you know, that's cool because it's Mark Jones and he said it to Lewis Reddick. Um, and it's also accurate because there are mad rappers there. It's not even like a race thing. But could you imagine if Joe Tess turned to Jesse Palmer on that same call, same situation? They showed all those people and he was like, it's like the BT Awards in here, Jesse. <laughs> I think it, it it would just uh, the would, sports awards comes to college football. <laughs> yeah, like he wouldn't have been wrong, but it would have been received a whole type of way. So I was just locked wouldn't in. Wrong, but he would have been fired. Yeah, he wouldn't have been wrong, but it would have been a problem. <laughs> and it, I was just locked in because the first three games, the first two games were on Fox, so they had Gus Johnson, and then the third game was the late night ESPN, so they had Mark Jones and Lewis Reddick. But this is the first three thirty ABC what you're going to call your your A your your or your, I guess your B crew cuz the A crew is the ESPN night game crew. So it's it's Joe Tess, it's Jesse Palmer and you know, I just wanted to to see what it was and the energy, you know, obviously it's at Oregon, but just the energy on the call wasn't there. And I'm not blaming the commentators for or uh you know, for Colorado doing what me and you both said was going to happen this whole time, which is get exposed by bigger true, you know, powerhouse type teams. But just the energy on the broadcast wasn't right. And I am going to blame the energy on the broadcast for them almost getting shut out. They were going to lose either way. But I just didn't like it. The It, it just felt like y'all weren't down with this Colorado 
And, you know, I get it. And I'm not accusing anybody of anything, but I just, you, you got to lean more into the Colorado party when you're on these broadcasts. It can't be so obvious that you're a Dan, uh, you know, a Dan Lanning fan, even though we'll get to him. Well, especially because, as I think is obvious now, I know there's been several media reports out about this, Colorado's really, really good for business. I saw something like $90 million already that Deanna's generated for the school, that he could be worth more than a billion dollars by the time his contract is over. Yep. Let's be clear. Like, that benefits Dion, that benefits Colorado, that benefits also the media. And Oregon. The TV stations, <laughs> Oregon itself. So... Y'all can hate if you want to, but Dion's y'all's golden goose right now. Yep. Y'all better be advised. Yep. And show some respect. I mean, I, and we said Fox leaned into it. They they're still while while Buffalo, while I mean, while Colorado's getting beat forty two to nothing, there's a promo of Deion Sanders riding an actual Buffalo to promo next week's game against USC because. That is still what everyone's going to tune into. We're going to—it's going to be Kayla versus Shador. We're, we're Dion and Hollywood. We're still going to watch. And you're 100 percent right. It's good for everyone's business. Um, I guess there are people who realize that and also realize that hating or going on the other side of what Dion does is good for maybe their business. Um, yeah, I I want to talk about Dan uh, Dan Lanning because I I I kudos and respect to Dan Lanning because let me. Let me paint the picture from his perspective and from what I can relate to. Okay, now, I love Dion. I love loud, bravado, brash. I'm going to tell you about what I'm going to do, and then I'm going to do it. Like, I love that. But personally, I've never – that's never been how I've been gone about things, and I've never played – on any teams where that was how our get down was. And I've been on undefeated teams, but just our get down was always, yeah, we we do our talking on the field. We know what's about to happen. The more you guys talk before the game, the more we like it actually. And you're never going to hear anything from us until after the game or maybe during the game when you're getting, you know, blown out, then you're going to hear it. But, you know, that's just, so I can identify more with the Dan Lanning aspect of just his mind state and that team's mind state. We've been grinding like Oregon has put 20 years of work to get to where they are as a program, right? Back in 20 years ago, they were the coolest thing ever. Their jerseys were the coolest thing ever. The Nike factory, the speed, the offense, like they've worked to get to this point. They've been one of the better Pac-12 teams. All that said, you know, they've played a national championship, never won it, uh, but they've gotten to playoffs. Like, they they are kind of what you would want to be in that conference. Um, and yet, and still, the SEC looks at them and is like, yeah, but you're not even on our level, Oregon, right? So, you know, get get to that. So I feel like Dan Lanning's whole thing is, that's that's who we are. Like that's that's what I sell. That's what our program is. That's what I recruit off of. And he did exactly what he was supposed to do, which is that's- lean into it. Like you know, like you said, get the heat off of it. Get your name out there. Let people know about you, your program. But then go back it up on the field. And and that part of it, like, I mean, he's not wrong in that Oregon this year is competing for a championship 
Colorado is not like they. This is from people outside their locker room. If you're in that locker room, of course you're competing. But Colorado this year, we said if they go seven and four, seven to five, whatever, that's a success. They have already exceeded expectations. That's a successful season, and they're really good. So, like, that's already multiplied their win total from last year. Yeah, I I think like so. I I get the Dan Lanning. Let me lean into this. Let me get the heat off of it. They're playing for clicks. Like you know, they are. like they're also trying to win on the field. The only thing that I would take, you know, umbrage with if I was Dion or maybe the team is by insinuating that because we're also popular in the media, that that doesn't mean that we're not dedicated to the craft of football and that you're not going to get our best shot. Like the two things can be true at the same time. Um, so that, you know, you might take umbrage with that, but when you meet on the field and you lose 42 to nothing, I'm not even counting that last touchdown. Um, that's, I mean, you, you can't say any, I, I didn't even, I saw Dion did a press conference with the glasses afterwards. Um, and granted, this isn't me just cause I lost. I don't want to hear it. I haven't really been listening to any of the post game stuff. I've kind of just been honed in on pregame. Um, but I definitely didn't want to hear anything like I, you know, whatever he was going to say, it, it was taking too long. He was on the screen for too long. When it's 42 to zero, your press conference needs to be really, really short. So I just saw it and I was like, well, I don't know what he could possibly say after that, but I know he's going to spin it real good and real Dion, like, cause that's what he does. And if they win next week, oh boy, that's all I have to say. Like, I'm not saying they will, but if they do, holy hell, watch how quickly this thing flips back. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I mean, shout out, shout out to Dan Lanning again. Oregon took care of business. They were 21-point favorites. They were the better team. They did what they were supposed to do. Yep. You're playing it to both. And, like, you know, as a coach, your job is to inspire, to motivate, to get your team going. So I take no issue with the approach that Dan Lanning took. Now, if there are any, if there is any school – that should not be accusing another school of being not enough substance. I think Oregon's one of those schools. How many uniform combinations Oregon has? Like 80-something, right? Infinite amount. So I think it's, again, like Dan Lane can do what he wants to do, but it's very, very fishy to me, potentially hypocritical for someone like Dan Lane to come on and talk about how uh, Colorado's about clicks when Oregon's been about clicks for a long time. With some good football from time to time, and pretty consistently back in the 2000s. But let's not pretend like Oregon's not a gimmick as well. Yeah, they have elements of it. And that's, you know, that's why I said you have to lean into it. You have to, as a, like, as a coach of some of these programs, like, you can't, this is us externally viewing them. But as Oregon internally, they, that, you know, that's not what they have to think or that's not what he's going to coach them to think like obviously yes they, like I said they were not to this extent because it's Deion Sanders and no one's Deion Sanders and that part can't be overlooked but Oregon was uh the flashy cool new thing not yes. that long ago um and a lot of it from the outside people said was like you said maybe gimmicky like but you know the other side of that is they've been a top 25 program for 25 years. 
And so from that side of things, I I could see why your argument is there's levels to this. And what he said or originally when they were asked him, I don't even remember when it was about packed about Colorado leaving the Pac-12. And he his answer, this is a great answer because it doesn't matter who's the coach there. Like obviously it, it hit more when it was Dion. But his answer was, do you remember Colorado winning anything? Because I don't. And he's not wrong. And it was a great line. And that was kind of the 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 the, the fuse before all of this. But he's he's right. And is that historical though? He's kind of right. Yeah. Only one team that played on Sunday has a national championship, and that's Colorado. <laughs> so I get Oregon has no more recent success, but come on, man. Like, yeah. We can read the same as you. Yeah, well, I uh, I think they're what what better what they need to not do is have this have been such an emotional investment to just prove how much better they are than Colorado that they lose sight of the focus that your season needs to be about the Washington Utah uh you know USC UCLA's like those matchups that are coming up for you Oregon like that's that's really what you need to focus on because if you go and lose you know a couple of those games like you seem to do recently um like if you let utah smack you around again or if you can't stop usc from from scoring like if 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 that happens and the height of the season was winning 42 to nothing against colorado it will actually further prove like the power and the just the mind hold that dion has over this entire sport but let me move on before because we could do a whole dion hour or colorado hour every day um just quick coach note Ryan Ryan Daly wants smoke with Lou Holtz. I don't or Ryan Day, sorry, wanted Lou Holtz smoke. I don't know where that came from. Call um, him by a name, right? At, That's the at, first thing he said. At eleven thirty at night after victory on Notre Dame's field at post game took me way off guard because I didn't know any of this background or whatever. I guess he had questioned that Lou Holtz had questioned the toughness of of Ohio State, it would appear. I didn't know right they had a personality like that. Uh, I've that's never that, heard we talk all about just, kind of energy. I think we I all like, just what? learned right then and there. Like, apparently, don't question his team's toughness. And all I could think of seconds after he said that was just a very, very sleepy Lou Holtz being woken up on his couch because he fell asleep during the second quarter of that game. And somebody, you know, his his grandson or somebody like, Pop, Pop, Ryan, Ryan Daly's talking about you. Just, yeah. Huh? Who who said who said something about me? What is it? Like I just I don't understand how like I, I, that's one of the biggest wins of Ryan Day's career. No, because he hasn't beat Michigan yet. So that's no, like as big hasn't. as it's that's as big as it's gotten for him. They hadn't been to Ohio uh, to Notre Dame in a while. Top ten team. The fact that that was the he, first. He, they they, the, they eke that out. I mean, well, yeah, we'll get to that. But the fact that was yeah. the first thing on his mind was, I can't wait. I could because he had to have been thinking that before the game started. That when we win, mm-hmm. I am going to run to Maria Taylor, or whoever was maybe I think Maria is the desk person. So whoever did the interview, I'm sorry, but I'm going to run right to her. And the first person I'm calling out by name. Lou, I wonder what Lou Holtz has to say now. And I was like, what? <laughs> what did Lou Holtz have to say before the game? 
Lou Holtz is, is he even on TV is anymore? Like, yeah, what, is, like, what is even where? the platform that yeah, you like, heard about Lou Holtz? Where did you? I'm like, I know he's not tweeting this. I haven't seen him on. They took him and Mark May off ESPN and years Mark ago. May. So where where was Lou Holtz giving this smoke at that it got to Popping Ryan off Day? At the mouth. So Lou Holtz, just like don't don't think Ryan Day isn't aware of anything that you say like it's on say, site keep on that names out your mouth oh it's man on, it's on site next time pull up don't pull up to the horseshoe uh lou holes i don't know like you know i guess i don't know if he goes ryan to Notre Dame games, that action. what you talking about but ryan day is not for play so sh- shout out to you ryan day we'll get to the fact that you it took a, 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 a 11 or i'm sorry a 10-man performance on the final play for you guys to on get the final that one two plays oh geez but Good, good for you, Ryan Day. Who wants that smoke? All right, next, next, quick. Um, do you have? We could talk about this in greater detail later in the season. But do you have Georgia or or the field in the SEC, not the country, but just in the SEC? Are you taking? If I give you the field or Georgia, where do you feel more comfortable right now? I'm taking the field. Okay, got to be honest with you. I'm taking the field. All right, we'll circle. Uh, we're going to circle back to that. I don't have an answer. I just um, I wanted to pose it as a question to you and keep it moving because we can we can talk about that later as the picture sort of forms. But I I was also kind of thinking that'd be your answer. Um, Shout out to UAB. <laughs> yeah, at who Trent Dilfer for Kyle? He was there. Yeah, the Trent um, Dilfer. Dumbbell. All uh, these we, folks co- coaching high school that gets all these big jobs. Anyway, anyway yeah, even, yeah. Even no, but yeah, shout out to you, Trent. Uh, Sunbelt, uh, we, we talked about this before the weekend, and I think it was on Thursday because the Coastal Georgia State game. But Sunbelt being the third best conference in football, that's not a secret anymore. I think, like, I've heard people now nationally, <laughs> nationally on college, big, NFL, on big television shows <laughs> talking about. Like the Sun Belt is the third best conference in the country. Hard stop. It to me, it is Pac-12, SEC, Sun Belt, and I Big Ten might have something to say about that because they're pretty top heavy. I get it, but if you once you get past the Michigan State, Ohio, I mean the Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State of the Big Ten, do any of those teams want smoke with the like top four or five of the Sun Belt? Because I don't think they do. Nope. Like that's I I really do think Sunbelt third best conference. We'll we will get a chance to prove that out more. Uh, but the battle at the top of that conference uh, on both sides because you got Texas Tech or Texas State on the west, but on the east it's like JMU, ODU, uh, Georgia State, Georgia Southern. It, it's it, it App State is still there. Like Coastal it, Carolina, Coastal like yeah. Coastal has has already has their first loss because they played a really good Georgia State team, but Coastal Carolina is still very good. Like again, JMB, like they, they're ridiculously stacked. So we'll, we'll we will have a lot of Sun Belt talk in the upcoming weeks for sure. Um, next thought, Reggie Bush. Did you see Reggie Bush is is not on the Fox show? Maybe I'm late, but it's Mark Ingram now instead of Reggie Bush. No, and, what happened to Reggie? Well, I, I mean, I don't know. I didn't do any googling. I, I don't know if because I, I I think this has been all season. Like I'm pretty sure that. It, it, the the first two weeks or whatever that it's been Mark Ingram. I have seen him in commercials. It makes a lot more sense. I know he's on Fox Sports, and I know he owns like an MLS team too, or is a part owner. So Mark Ingram, shout out to you. He's been doing great stuff. But my my only theory, and he's been from what I saw, he was <laughs> Mark Ingram was just a a funny guy. Um, he he hit a 
it just when they were picking they didn't know games. Buckingham retired. Yeah. Well, my theory is the only they had to switch it up because just I think that game show or that morning show. I think it was just it was too good looking of a morning show or of a college. Like it was the best looking sports show. You had Matt Liner sitting next to Brady Quinn sitting next to Reggie Bush. And I think it was just too. I think that some focus group somewhere was like, it, it's too good looking of a show to be talking about football because just compare them to any other sports show. And I just, I know they're all top excellent college athletes, but I think as a heterosexual male, just objectively speaking here, we can say that those are also three of the better looking. Like I just remember being in high school being like, those guys not only are really good at college, like football, but they also look like that. They're probably having a phenomenal time in college. Uh, they're and they're doing good at college across the yeah, board. Yeah, they're doing good at college. And they've all aged really well. So I feel like that morning show, I would juxtapose to ESPN, like no disrespect there. I just feel like, or any other show for any other sport. Um, it was just like, that's 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 too good looking of a show. We got to throw somebody up there more relatable to the people. Mark Ingram, get up there. Be the black Pat McAfee. Just basically be up there, be goofy a little bit. And that's kind of like his personality seems to just be more kind of like, I'm just up here having fun. I'm doing the cheers for whatever school I'll do the dance. I'll eat the food. And like that role on those shows, I think is it's the it's the glue guy of 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 those types of shows, because you can't just have people up there giving good analysis, looking too good all the time. You need one. You don't really care about that. Film breakdown for. These big ten matches, nah, man. We nah. need one guy up there. It's just up there, have a little fun. We need some just, crowd surfing. We yeah, need, we need yeah. helmet stickers. Yeah. We need mascot competitions. Exactly. Again, just... all of this is entertainment. That's Boom. that's the point. Boom. So, not take ourselves too seriously, y'all. <laughs> Agreed. Um, punching fumbles. Next up, uh, punching fumbles or the 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 peanut punch or people going for for the punch. It's reached an all-time high. I think I I said this last year, just it being the thing that as soon as a guy's wrapped up, the next guy or two in is is going for the punch. I've seen a guy punched everywhere on his body. I've seen a a, a dick punch. I've seen a punch in the helmet, which must have hurt the dude's hand. I've just seen a guy come in swinging with both hands like he was going for a punching bag that was on the ground. Like not just the one punch, but just literally in any other context or in any other sport, if you do that motion, you're you're going to get thrown out of the game because you're throwing punches. So I just keep an eye on the evolution of the peanut punch, which has now gone from punching at the ball to just come in throwing punches simple, wildly. Simple battery of assault. <laughs> yeah. Like we're it's gonna get to a point where you're you're gonna just see like was is he punching for the ball or is he just throwing punches while this guy is getting tackled? And maybe I hit the ball, maybe I don't, but I can always say I was just going for the ball. Man, of, of all the things that we are giving personal fouls for and throwing pucks out the game, like this is the easy one. Let's add this and call it a day. Yeah, yeah. Personal foul, 15 yards. Like, you're right. People are, like, winding up and throwing haymakers at dudes. <laughs> yeah, it's running like, backs. It's getting – it's so beyond – What are we doing here? It's not – it's beyond the spirit of the rule where you are trying to punch a football out to you're now just 
punching and you're gonna hide behind hide behind the guise of oh i was just going for the ball so we just you know just let let's let's start to we like to legislate dumb stuff let's legislate that that, that's that's actually dangerous yeah that's gonna get someone on the game it's gonna football's dangerous enough as it is let's let's we don't need punching added just some just pretty easy solution there um last week i asked about this about Louisville, and my, my question was, at what point do we take them seriously? I'm going to answer my question, that question. For me, I'm saying now. And when I say seriously, I just mean, like, are they going to mess the ACC up for somebody? Like, can they? It's it's Florida State's to lose, but below yep. that, does is Louisville going to be, like, one of those teams? So, um, to me, I'm saying yes, just based off what I've seen. They handled Boston College. Granted, that game was at home, but they handled a Boston College team that, um, you know, gave Florida State problems just the week prior. Road game, home game, got it. But, you know, still, Louisville, 56 points. Jack Plummer, which – is that Jake Plummer's son? I should have Googled it. There's yeah, I don't a, know. There's, there's a Jack Plummer over at Louisville. I know Jake Plummer did have one son that did play already. I don't know if he has another one. I'll maybe look it up and put it in post here, but uh, he he had like six touchdowns, six total touchdowns, was damn near perfect. Oh, wow. So just keep an eye on, on Louisville. Um, and I also want to ask that about Maryland too, just in terms of kind of the ACC spoiler role um, to his brother. Looks, I know, I'm sure he would prefer to not be called to his brother, but um, sorry, to is just that good. To his brother. Um, right, while Tua's playing like this, yeah, when Tua does this, you are Tua. all oh, yeah. brother. Until yeah, until otherwise, coming off a week where you made an NFL game look like a college blowout, uh, you are Tua's brother. So Tua's brother, no though, disrespect, but no but disrespect to his brother, but Tua's brother does look pretty good. Um, he was offered millions, like NFL millions of dollars to switch to I forget which SEC team it was, and he said nah. Maryland terps all day. So shout out to you for loyalty. And um, you know, maybe there's their co- I mean, there's they they got something there. I, I should have wrote their coach's name down. I remember he's a he's Mike, a bro- uh, Mike Loxley. Yes, uh black man yeah. who who was this is how I know the team is behind him and he will do anything for his team. They won the Mayo Bowl last year and he doused himself in mayonnaise. So I, I any any black man willing to douse themselves in mayonnaise for his team <laughs> is a special type of leader. And um, I think he's got something. Maryland might have something. So just keep an eye on Maryland and Louisville for, like I said, it, F, uh, uh, Miami is... Shout to Maryland, too. He's building a pipeline. Black head coach, black OC, black DC. True, true that. I'm really trying to actually pave the way for black coaches in the sport, yes, which true. there are all too few of them. Yep. Uh, it seems like Maryland for a couple of years now have been a few plays away. I think they almost beat Penn State last year. Um, they took Ohio State to the brink the year before. No, they, so, yeah, yeah last they can, year. They can play spoiler. Yep, last year that's all they did. Like, And I kept looking at them to win one of those games. They never did, but what they did was threaten to spoil a lot of game uh, seasons last year. And I'm just kind of looking at them this year like maybe they get one of those. Like I, I'm just – yeah. so them and Louisville – uh acc as a whole man like miami looks pretty good so you got florida state miami duke unc louisville nc state's scrappy q's you know I, I, they haven't really been tested yet but undefeated. Q's, q's has been scrappier 
uh, plus the Maryland. So just, yeah, a- ACC, uh, not bad. ACC and Sunbelt might might need to do like a little challenge like they do in basketball, the a- SEC, uh, a- you know, pe- uh, Big Ten or a- ACC Big Ten challenge. We need a, a-, a Sunbelt ACC or those two should just oh, like. They're going too far now. ACC's not ready for no Sunbelt. They're not, they're not ready for Sunbelt. Uh, I would love to see once we're combining super conferences. I would love to just see those two be juxtaposed with each other, like kind of mix up the Sun Belt and the ACC and make those uh, make that a conference. Um, this is just a note in general. Whenever we talk about these teams moving forward, I'm going to categorize them in one of two ways. You got a wine and cheese crowd, or you got a beer and barbecue crowd, right? So in some of these, and that's just, I feel like that's pretty self-explanatory, but but that's just at the tailgate of these parties of these fan bases, what are you more likely to have a heavier or a higher concentration of? Obviously there's some of everything at every tailgate. This is generalizing, but for example, beer and barbecue crowd would be, you know, like an old Miss, like almost all of the SEC would be a, a beer and barbecue mm-hmm. crowd, right? Why I wrote this down was because Notre Dame, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Notre Dame is a is a wine and cheese crowd. Okay, there it's just it is what it is. Their uh, fan base is spread all over the place. They're a little bit more wealthy. Um, it's more older. Like their student sections, not like is notoriously not that lit. Like, it just isn't. They have improved that in recent years. It's probably the best environment they've had since Reggie Bush push game, and they were intentional about that. Um, I guess they did play Georgia a while back. Um, They're probably a a smaller school, too, comparatively. Yeah, no, they definitely are. Don't quote me on that. They definitely – I mean, they comparatively to to the football programs that they are on a level with, Yes, right, because then you're talking about, like, Michigan and Texas and Ohio State and Alabama. Like, those schools are way bigger than Notre Dame, absolutely. Um, but I, I do think it's one of those schools, too, like like Kentucky basketball, like Alabama, where your fan base is much bigger than your alumni base. Folks who didn't go to the school at all because they have a national audience, like, oh, I'm a Notre Dame fan. Did you go there? No. Did people go there? No. But you're, yeah. just, you're just a fan. Yeah, I think that's 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 definitely it. They're more like the Yankees, or they they are like that national yeah. brand in college sports. And for that reason, maybe you know their home field advantage isn't always what it's what home field advantages are cracked up to be. Um, the the you know I think Ohio State's a beer and barbecue crowd, right? So I think that was like I talked about when uh, Auburn went out to Cal, right? Cal is a is a wine and cheese crowd. Auburn's heavy beer and barbecue, and that's just. Those are are I'm I'm also using those terms as kind of cultural fillers here, just to explain when certain crowds or schools collide. How I think about not just the teams, but the crowds and the fan bases, and kind of how all those interact. And so Ohio State's beer and barbecue, right? They 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 they're coming through. They're a pretty good traveling group. Ohio State notoriously travels well, uh, but Notre Dame did a good job holding it down, home field advantage. Um, and I feel like I'm going to use that to jump right into our is for real, our four top teams based off of not just what we've seen, but projecting forward. Uh, and we're still leaving Georgia until they lose. We're just leaving Georgia because otherwise 
they just occupy a slot. That's less fun to talk about three teams when Georgia's just sitting in a spot. So, like, for now, Georgia is this one that we just leave up there. We want to talk about four other teams, right, until Georgia loses or if they don't lose, whatever. Uh, for me, I have one new team from last week. What do you – do you have any new teams based on what we've seen? Um or do you just have a change in order? Uh, I think I have – pull up my list. I think I have the same collection of teams. I will say – this is probably jumping ahead, but just to, to give a caveat to what you said earlier, you asked me to, to reshuffle this from a blank page. My number one team is actually Florida State. I don't think there's two teams – I don't think there's any team that has better wins – then LSU blowout and a Clemson win on the road. Mm-hmm. So I will seed you on the like, we'll keep Georgia one for now. But if we weren't doing that, Florida State's my clear number one right now. Yeah. Okay. So uh, spoiler alert on the one. Uh, but I I do hear, I, I do feel at, at some point, maybe we open this conversation up. My thing is though, and let me just double check it with Georgia, because what my thing is, there the rest. I I this. Tell me if you think they'll be tested in any of these games at Auburn. No. No. Nope. Kentucky. No. Vanderbilt. No. Uh, I don't know. Which one, Kentucky? Kentucky. At home, it's at Georgia. I don't think they've trouble with there. lesser competition in Kentucky at home so far this year. Yeah, I mean, I remember last year with, where I thought Kentucky was a little bit better. You had Will Levis there still. Um, I think Kentucky scored a touchdown. And I remember going into that game thinking, could this offense maybe even make – now, Georgia's defense was better last year. Um, but as a could this offense just make Georgia have to work a little bit? And the answer was flatly no. From what I've seen from Kentucky this – this year, I don't think they'll be challenged there, but fine. Uh, Vanderbilt, we're no, no. Um, home against Florida, like I think that could. I think that's your first interesting. No, they're game. on the road of Florida. Well, mutual game. They play in Jacksonville. Oh yeah, just the the shrimp cocktail, whatever. Yeah, yeah. the large, large, world's largest outdoor cocktail party. So they're in Jacksonville, mutual game. Uh, I think that could get interesting based off what I've seen from Florida, although they played a sleepy-ass game against Charlotte this week. Um, Shout-out to you, Charlotte. Better program than people know. But Got shouted uh, out last I, week, I, too. Yeah, I think um, – yeah, because Biff Pogue was out there without sleeves. Now, I think he had sleeves on for this game. But, I mean, just you know, to hang in there with Florida, good job. Uh, so Florida gets interesting, right? So that that is – 1028 end of October. Let's say that's the first time they're tested. I just think we I don't know what we learn about Georgia unless we see something in, you know, Auburn, Kentucky, Vanderbilt. I just don't think we're gonna learn anything about them for me to, you know, they're just gonna sit at number one. Like it's not gonna matter kind of what happens beneath them until 1028. So until then, I just I just want to leave them out of the conversation. But I don't disagree okay. with with necessarily like and when we get to my number one and, and the rest of these teams, we can talk about it. Um, so I'll start with four. 
I'll, I'll go through these quick. Four is the only new addition. I, I have to throw Ohio State on here um, for what they did. I know they eked it out. I know there were 10 people on the field for two of the games. But here's my thing. Um, I They're going to get by on the strength of very talented receivers. They're going to be able to run the ball. And if their quarterback just makes good decisions, like because he's not, I don't even remember the dude's name. He's not great. But if he just makes good decisions, they're gonna out talent most teams. Um I thought about moving Michigan up because they've kind of been that team that I've always said has been on my outside in. I know they've been on your list this whole time. The only reason I didn't is just because based off of just this week, maybe this changes, and I try to keep this list. The goal is to keep this list the same four teams as long as possible. Um, I, I just think I, I don't. I'm not really sold on either Michigan or Ohio State. To be honest, I want to when they both when both those teams play Penn State, we're not only going to learn about Penn State, but we're going to learn a little bit about Michigan and Ohio State before they then play each other. Just off of what I've seen so far, I'm a little more confident. I think Ohio State is better than Michigan this year, just right now. So that's why I put them there as my four. Yeah, I think a important caveat with them as well is their coach just came back. True. Last week was their first week with – this week was their first week with Coach Harbaugh. So I'm curious to see if we see an even more dominant Michigan once now they're back firing on all cylinders with their head coach in the seat that he's supposed to occupy. But we'll see. It's a question mark. But, yeah, they they look they look good so far. They were they're supposed to do against Rutgers. You know, they start a little slow. Yeah, I understand. Um, who do you got it for? Oh, sorry, we're going backwards. Yeah, four to, uh, I like to go four to one. Reveal the, reveal the one. Uh yeah, my my four similarly is Ohio State. Um, they won this weekend. I was about to say impressively won, but they wasn't really impressive. Um, to me at least, they were able to eke it out. Um, I still have the same question marks I did before, but you know, Ryan Day don't come after me. They did show some toughness. Uh, which is important in these <laughs> Big Ten games as it gets deeper on in the season. So it is. Also, me, also show me something. It's a good, a good, good win on the road. Notre Dame's going to do well the rest of the season. So I'll say it's in there for me. Yeah, um, I guess I, I can hit the Notre Dame part of this now because we can keep it brief when we get to their game. But yeah, I my biggest fear about Notre Dame was realized, which is missed tackles. Like I didn't even know this, but they said it during the game. They lead the they're one of the worst teams in the country in missed tackles. They had some like 45 missed tackles through however many games wow. they played. That's a lot. Um, that was my biggest fear, particularly in the secondary or once the, you know, Marvin Harrison Jr. Or um, forget the other guy's name, uh, who is also a beast. Shocker. Ohio state has a bunch of good receivers again. Um, but like, that was kind of my biggest fear was just the missed tackling and guys in space. But I, uh, you know, they, they kept it close. I, the, the impressive part of the Ohio State win for me is you go into that environment on the road, big game, didn't even necessarily play your best football, 
um, and got the win. So I hear I hear you're saying maybe not an impressive win, but I do. Now, Notre Dame, you said they'll be fine. I tend to agree, but the fact that they have to turn right around and play Duke, which if you if if you don't know, people might be laughing at me saying that. But the fact oh, that they no. have to go, the fact oh, they have no. to go right into Wallace Wade Stadium, and if I said it once, I've said it a million times. You don't just walk into Wallace Wade Stadium at night and walk better out ask, with the easy ask victory. About that. So that yeah, you know, they have to turn this thing right back around, and and you know it would be a great win if they get that. It would kind of keep them right now. They're at eleven. If they beat Duke, I think they would go right back into the top ten. So uh, Notre Dame. I tend to agree with you. They will be fine, but you got a big test right, right, right on the heels of that. Um, quick number three, Texas. Uh, yep. They haven't done anything to play themselves really up or down for me. Um, are they your three as well? If they are, we can kind of my three as well. All right, so yeah, my I think we're both well. we're both kind of there. They've kind of earned where they're at. They are also ranked nationally third, so kind of everyone's in line there. Like you know, you got Oklahoma coming up. We'll see what it is. Uh, my number two is Florida State, and uh, you know I'm, I'm right there with you. They they probably have the two most impressive wins in terms of opening weekend LSU and uh, on the road at Clemson. Uh, Clemson, I do think is is kind of falling down, but their Clemson's defense is the strength of that team. Still, so the 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 offense is more of the issue, um, and they're on so. Uh, what Travis uh, Hunter did again, um, or sorry, Jordan Travis did. I'll do that once a show. What Jordan Travis did was not statistically wow, but the timing when they needed these completions, the big throws, the big third down conversions, keeping drives moving when if he didn't, the game probably swings the other way. He did that mm-hmm. several, several times. Uh, Keon Coleman is a monster um so it was number 14 for florida state too who ha- who yeah. also balled out sorry if blanking on his name but keon coleman's been doing it all season um so they're they're my number two I, you you talked about them I'm, I'm right there with you i'll i'll it is is my number one your number two which is washington indeed okay so yeah. washington for me is by for my money the best team in college football they are currently ranked seventh there are there's no way in hell they're six teams better than washington um, they're not. Their their defense is phenomenal. Their offense basically hasn't made a mistake. I think Penix threw his first interception, so they had one blemish on the record. Uh, this and what's this that week. like the, a twelve and one touchdown interception ratio or something like that? Yeah. So we can so, we can forgive so, him for, sorry, for the one excuse pick. excuse him for for that minor mistake. Um, he has done. Michael Penix has done, and I'll I'll springboard this off into our next segment. But I'll I'll, I'll give you you know a couple seconds for Washington as well. But what he's done, he's played less quarters than everyone. He's played like twelve of the available. What is it, sixteen quarters or something like that? Thirteen maybe. Like he hasn't even played in all the time available to him, and he's done what he's done because they're winning by so much in the third quarter. They don't even need it. Um, their wide receivers are ridiculous. Polk and the other cat who I he was a performer of the day, so I wrote his name down. Um where is it? Uh Rome Rome uh Rome Undunze. Rome Romy Undunze. I hope I'm saying that right. For Washington, he will be playing on Sundays along with Chris Polk. Um they just had skilled positions everywhere. Their defense is incredible. Michael Panix is incredible. They beat the hell out of some teams that aren't bad they're not great like michigan state's not great cal's 
pretty decent. I think people will see that later in the season. Cal's not a bad team. They're just made to look bad. Um, I think Washington State, Washington right now, mutual field against any team based on what I had seen, I would pick them. Yeah, I think the difference for Washington is we've seen a lot of these, you know, top top 15, top 10 teams kind of sleepwalk through what I would call inferior competition. Mm-hmm. Washington has only played other FBS teams and have been smoking them. They beat the hell out of Boise State. Like, Boise State's not a very solid football program. They beat the hell out of Michigan State. Yeah. Uh, Washington hasn't scored fewer than 41 points this season. Uh, we we referenced earlier what Tua's doing in the NFL. Michael Pace is doing that every week. Yep. Yep. Like playing video games out there. And you're right, there's not there's not six teams better. They're great on all three phases. Uh that team is rolling. Yeah. Now their their tests are coming up, so we'll we'll get to see them. Um roll let's roll right into the he- the Heisman house here. Uh so last week we you, you mentioned it that uh that Jaden Daniels was, was was knocking on the door, right? Like he wasn't in the house, but he was outside knocking. Um, this week I, I, I wanted, they almost let him in, but here's what happened, right? Cameron Ward did what he did against the <laughs> top 15 opponent and against a, what, what I still think is a very good defense. You wouldn't know it based very on very good defense. You wouldn't know it based on what, uh, Wazoo and Cam Ward did. I but, think um, the best defense in the pack 12 statistically. I mean, that's what, uh, yeah. I, I mean, that's what I thought. That's what you we couldn't thought. tell watching the game. <laughs> the game would have showed otherwise, but um, for that reason, like they they went to go at the Heisman House, they went to go open the door because they thought as Jaden Daniels was knocking, and they opened it, and this guy Cameron Ward walked right past Jaden Daniels, went right in and planted himself right on the guest couch. So they left Jaden Daniels out there. They saw like you know Cameron Ward. He had he had drinks, he had food, he had a couple girls with him. Like he had everything to bring to the house. Uh like Jane Daniels, cool dude. Like they, you know, he's gonna I feel like they're gonna let him in eventually, but Cameron Ward just he brought too much to the party this week. So they let him in the house. He's but kicking it Jane on Daniels the couch. Still 20 for 29, yep. 320, four yep. touchdowns, a yep. pick. Like he's he's still there. He's still there, still knocking. Like, yo, he's still like He's still there. Like they, he did nothing to lose his spot. It's just this one guy came in and and kind of just they they see that he he got skipped past him. They let him through and Sometimes can't, good can't knock him. Sometimes you, it just you happens. Do anything, you just, yeah. you just get dropped. Exactly. So speaking of, you didn't do anything. Like Caleb Williams, he didn't really do anything wrong. This is his worst game. I think he had like five touchdowns and three hundred yards or four touchdowns, whatever it was. But like he he wasn't spectacular every snap all the time the way that he had been every game. So like he, all he's doing is he had to move his stuff from the guest or or actually he's been in the office because he didn't play last week. So he's he's still kicking it in the in the office room. Like that's his room for now. Um I, I, I assume eventually he'll move back upstairs, but that's where he's at for now. Uh Bo Nix got his got his stuff from off the couch and got to go up to the second floor bedroom. He he kicks Shador Sanders right out. 
Um, he went up into Shador's room, took his stuff, threw it right out, said, you're done. Get get out. This is my bed, my bed now, my stuff now. Yeah, and that's that's what it is. I do. I will say I think the performance you saw on Saturday was much more of a reflection on Colorado's offensive line. We've been talking about this for a while. They just they need to get bigger, they need to get stronger, and that's gonna happen on the recruiting trail. Yeah. But you see the difference with teams like Oregon. Yeah. No, it's, didn't it's, really have a, have a chance Saturday. Yeah, he was under pressure almost every time. It's not it it's no I don't think this uh, this is we didn't lose anything for him. It's just like when you're talking about Heisman campaign, this is just how it goes, right? Like you you get shut out on the road ranked opponent against another Heisman candidate who has that type of game is like, it's just how it goes. Like, you know, this, it doesn't change your pro prospects. doesn't change what you could be this season for team all conference, whatever. But like for the Heisman campaign, Bo Nix just made his statement and yep. you know, there's the, can't argue with it. Can't, can't argue with that. And then Michael Penix jr. Um, master bedroom. Like he's, he's, he's about to get like a hot tub put in there. He's about to he's about to custom make this thing in a way like he's getting so comfortable. I don't think he ever thinks he has to leave. He's about to start changing the room. Um, like, yeah, again, their tests are coming up. Things could change. No one should get too comfortable. But I'm just saying through four weeks, he he's like he's starting to customize the room a little bit. That's all. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be tough for him also with uh, just a year, especially just in the Pac-12. We have quarterbacks. We're going to say heard. arguably the best player on the arguable best team. Yeah. We give Jordan Travis a look, even knowing that we have crazy stats coming from quarterbacks across the board that he's not going to be able to compete with, probably. Yeah, I, you know what? He will, because this obviously you would have to say on the road, ranked Clemson. Um, like I said, stats weren't wowing, but if you watch the game, certainly had a moment. The thing with Jordan Travis might be, so for him, between now you got Duke in two weeks. If he could just put up, you know, against Virginia Tech and Syracuse, eye-popping numbers, because that's what it's going to be when you're not playing the top opponents. Yeah, that's what it has to be. That's what it's going to have to be while some of the other guys maybe fall back or if they're playing you know, a, a ranked or, or whatever um, and or they don't have as good of a performance. But, yeah, until Duke and then Miami at the end of the year, because FSU and then I guess they got Florida to end the season because their schedule isn't on the same level and these are all the Pac-12 quarterbacks again man but because it's not on other than Jane Daniels because it's not on that level of, of competition that they're going to face weekly Jordan Travis needs to have those those big eye-popping statistical games against those other opponents and then when we tune in for Duke and Miami do your 330 three touchdown game winning drive yeah. and yeah he's definitely going to hop right up in there in the top four like he, he could replace somebody like Cam Ward or even Caleb Williams if USC loses enough easily. You know what I mean? So yeah, I I I got my eye out on them. Speaking of Florida, yep. Kings of Florida, Kings of Virginia, real quick, ready for those? Florida State still a top four and zero. Miami still four and zero. UCF dropped one to a good Kansas State team. Uh, yeah, they good do. Yeah, UCF has their backup quarterback. John Rice Plumley's out, but still good Kansas State team. So they're three and one. Florida three and one. FAMU three and one. FIU who played on week zero, they're three and two. South Florida two and two. FAU three and I'm sorry, one and three. And uh, Bethune Cookman one and three. Kings of Virginia, JMU four and zero. 
Liberty 4-0, I still contend Liberty is going to go undefeated. And I don't know what the committee is going to do with that at the end of the year, but an undefeated team, I want to see them playing on New Year's. That's all I have to say. Uh, JMU 4-0, William & Mary 4-0, uh, Hampton had a bias there 2-1. ODU two and two, Sunbelt, uh, Norfolk two and two, VMI two and two, Richmond two and two. That is to say, the two worst teams in Virginia right now are Virginia Tech at one and three yeah. and Virginia mm-hmm. at zero mm-hmm. oh and four. How the tides have turned. Let me tell you, having played my last high school years of football and then getting you know recruited and going and playing from the state of Virginia, this is not what the landscape looked like when I was coming out. Like. The schools who are at the top of this list right now are the schools who I was getting offers from because they were at the bottom of the list when I was going. Like <laughs> I was looking at Hampton and William and Mary and Liberty. Like those are schools that I, I, that's where I was at with it. Like I wasn't getting Virginia Tech, Virginia looks, but by the looks of these rankings today, um, Maybe maybe both Virginia Tech and Virginia need to take lessons from JMU and Liberty and William and Mary on how to recruit because there's talent in the area and it's clearly not going to the two biggest schools. And I, I don't know how to explain that one. I'll continue to say this. I think when the job this year that's the UVA job that Tony Elliott's doing is bigger than football. Once sustains the season with the yes. kind of tragedy they just experienced. Yep. So uh, I think they just they'll do well just to get through this season and give yep. you some degree of just writing the season off as you have to do so much more than just coaching young men during this time football wise. Thousand percent. And on the flip side, Virginia Tech, I'm, <laughs> there are no excuse. They're just bad. <laughs> yeah, no, they're they're, they're bad. bad. They need uh they need Shane Beamer to want to leave South Carolina, come home, do something. Um, but yeah, no, you're right. Tony Elliott has faced with the toughest job in the country this year. They have a, they also have a freshman quarterback. I'm pretty sure. Like, you know, it's just, it, it's, it's a tough situation. Um, so I, I, I am rooting for them every week to get that win because their first win, particularly if it's at home, but just how good that's going to feel for that team and that community. Like they just, yeah, want, they, they want to celebrate one so bad. Um, that's like that JMU one was heartbreaking because they were in it. They they were scoring points. Like so, just you know, some of these it, it, it's tough. So I, I'm rooting for them every week to get get that first one. Um, all right, first team I'll name this week. I just got one for you because you're not going to beat this. I didn't even remember to write down what team it was, but it doesn't matter. The man's name is Cavassier Smoke. <laughs> all right, it was somewhere in the late night window. I feel like. But the man's pass name him. is Cavassier. Pass the Cavassier. Pass them both. The man's name is Cavassier Smoke. I, I mean, just Google it. You'll see where he plays and what position. But Cavassier Smoke um, sounds like one of the characters on a 50 Cent Power spinoff. Uh, this is a character in Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> Smoke. Man. Keep these coming. I these are just like I barely have to pay attention. I I I'll just barely catch one, and I have so many for the rest of the season. Uh, all right, let's get to let's say smoke's incredible. Let's get to the environments. I'm gonna blow through these. The twelve o'clock window, like you said, every every window was great. Um, I had Kentucky at Vanderbilt, which was we were talking about Kentucky. That's that's a game where just like Vanderbilt's a little brother. Kentucky very rarely plays big brother to anybody. 
Kentucky uh, is is big brother to Vanderbilt. You can't even let them get a whiff of victory. Don't even let that program think that they're even getting a little bit good, that they could win a couple SEC games a year. Kentucky, you got to kill that confidence immediately. So they did that. Um, Kentucky, the best, the best job in the country yeah, out of Kentucky. Yeah, win six games, they'll build a statue for you. And you get a statue, yep. yep. So, yeah, they're doing what they need to do. That means you beat up on Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt, who, by the way, has a big, giant construction site behind one of their end zones because even Vanderbilt has money to build more stands because that's how good the TV money is for you SEC schools. Even Vanderbilt's splurge expansion. Listen, I know he, he gives y'all headaches, but Penn State fans – you don't get to appreciate how good of a coach James Franklin is until you see what Vanderbilt does year in and year out. Mm-hmm. It's true. The fact that he had that program winning is unconscionable, even still to this day, because they haven't done it since. He should get the Penn State job for the rest of his life because of how good he was at Vanderbilt. Like, I know that doesn't make sense, but they shouldn't. If they ever go to fire him at Penn State, he should be like, but look at what I did at Vanderbilt. And they should be like, oh, you're right. You're right. Um, all right, next game, Rutgers at Michigan. Gavin Wimsett for Rutgers is very dangerous running quarterback. I thought maybe that I, I texted you before. I thought maybe Rutgers could like bore Michigan to death. They almost did. It's just like they're not like they're, they're talent they're, differentials too yeah, great. It was too big. It was too great. Like Michigan didn't play. I want to be clear, Michigan didn't play well. And um I they shouldn't feel confident. Like the more I look at Penn State. And the more I'm watching Ohio State and, and Michigan play, if Penn State were ever to beat one of those two, because they haven't yet, talking about Franklin, um, this is the year. But, you know, we'll save that for when they meet. Uh, Marshall, West Virginia, that game just looked really fun. It actually was a pretty fun game. Marshall just looks like a fun place to play and watch football. Another Sun Belt team that is going to – uh, contend in that conference. So this was yet another example of the ACC. You're not ready for the Sun Belt, right? Like your Virginia Techs, your Virginia Techs can't mess with the Marshalls yet. You know, you're just not ready yet. Uh, Cincinnati, Oklahoma. I, I I overlooked this game all week because I thought it was a home game for Oklahoma. Forgetting that a all road games are potential. Just like pay attention. It's college sports. Road games. There's always potential for an upset, but also Cincinnati is one of the better student sections and one of the better home field, uh, you know, especially for a school that size. I mean, they're not small, but you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. For for that type of program, like they have uh, a home field advantage for sure. And they have uh, some football tradition. They have recent yeah. success. Yes. They have the best center and tight end in, in football uh, are products of, of their school. They have a, a starting quarterback. For the Falcons, like they they were a power. I mean, a, a New Year's six. They were in the, the 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 final four. What was that two two seasons ago? Yeah, they were the fourth team in. So yeah, no, like this, like that that the fact that it was on the road, I immediately locked in more on that game. Oklahoma pulled it out, uh, but Cincinnati. What I learned from that game is Cincinnati's a really good team. Like w whatever yep. they do moving forward, uh, we'll be talking about them again. Yeah, they're 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 a very good team. And then Clemson, Florida State top game of that window uh it was off to a slow start for sure um but then you know both teams kind of woke up and like i said jordan travis made the plays when they were needed big throws big third down conversions scrambled like that you know he was under uh pressure a, a lot so had to buy himself time on a lot of plays so just 
impressed by what I saw from from him. Um, what else was from that window? Auburn versus Texas A&M. That was just a dis- dysfunction versus disappointment right there. Um, if if Texas A&M had lost to Auburn, they would have fired Jimbo. I know this whole like the buyout for Jimbo. No one will ever. If they had lost to Auburn at home, that might have been enough to get like because I want to play of the game of what's enough to get Jimbo fired. Losing to this dysfunctional ass Auburn team might have been at least one of several straws to break the camel's back. He's I don't know if he's trying to get fired, but he's not trying to keep his job, it seemed like. I he gets if as he said, as long as I get the buyout, right? Um, three thirty window, Texas Southern versus Grambling. Love, love my uh, HBCU game of the week. That was a good one. Uh, Grambling. Once they had the game left up, their band started playing Laffy Taffy in the stands, and uh, to get acapella, you know, to get a whole crowd just when the band stops playing to sing. Girls call me Jolly Rancher. Um, like just to get that and for it to be so loud because it's coming through on the television broadcast. It's just like I love that they've they know now because ESPN started at ESPN three, they would show the HBCU band halftime broadcast and like NBC knows now, like the, the, the stations know now. Um, like that's what we need to bring across for these HBCU games, not just the on-field product. Let them hear the band, yeah. let them fear the chance. Like, that's what this should be. The atmosphere, about. exactly. Yeah. So they did a great job there. It was a local broadcast, too, like a, on a like a New York, it was like a W, like a, the local My Network or whatever that did the broadcast, so shout out to them. Uh, yeah. Ole Miss, Alabama, that was a, a old-school Alabama not, not, we're not dead yet game. Like, that was the game where Ole Miss, you know, they've looked really good this season. Alabama's looked really bad. Uh, can Lane can forget. Having off a, a rocky week for Alabama. So yeah, what's going look, on over they there? Look, they look bad. Yeah, yeah, they look real bad. But You I got like this it. quarterback indecision that didn't make any sense to me. You got <laughs> Ole Miss calling out, questioning who's calling defensive plays. Like, you don't usually see stuff like that out of Alabama. Yep, but – I like that they I like that they went back to Milrow at least, like because that never was, lost his job, but yeah. That was it dumb in the, the Central Florida game. I was like, well, I mean, uh Southern Florida, like I it clearly he isn't like put taking him out didn't help. So like yeah, like you said, should have never lost a job. They got that one done. Felt like, like Tommy Reeves was taking his guy in. Yeah. Fought I mean, him from Notre Dame. But they both of those the freshmen the and the returning star was just no. Nah. Nah. Tommy, Tommy Reese it seems to call a better game plan for Mill Row anyway, based off the games I've seen. Like their their offense isn't going to be super explosive. They got to go back to the days before they had awesome quarterbacks and used to win national championships with the you know Greg Matheroys of the world, where it's just like, yo, just hand off the ball. We're, we still are big up front. We could still do that. We still got you know playmakers. Just get them you know short to intermediate routes. Take you know Mill Row has. You know, deep shot ability. So uh, they just got to play a little more conservatively. I don't think they're dead, but obviously, like you said, there's there's something going up there. It's not the it's not the same old Alabama, so just keep an eye on them. Uh, UCLA. A quick side note, too. Like, we got to acknowledge just the mental side of the game, too. Like, I don't, I don't understand why you name someone the starter, and then after one game, after one loss even, you, you bench him. 
based on everything he's done up to that point, like how else do you explicitly try to kill a quarterback's confidence? That doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I just took, yeah, we will move on. I just think it was a impatience thing. I, I feel like it was a, and I don't know who's making the decision, but I just feel like it was a, we don't have time. We don't have time for you to develop. Like this is Alabama. We, we, and like whether right or wrong, I just feel like that's probably the approach of if this next person can come in and immediately better, I'm doing it. Oh, that didn't work. Next person. Like, I just feel like they are not, it's been so long since they've been in this situation that it's going to be an adjustment yeah, for them. That's true. Um, UCLA, Utah, Utah's defense might be the best in the country. Ooh, like yes. hands down. Because yes. I know we talk about Washington, we talked about you know, some of these other teams. Uh, you like Utah is undefeated because their defense, like the hard stop. Like their Cam Rising hasn't played yet. Their offense really hasn't done much in some of these games. They they just shut out. I know eventually I think UCLA scored, but they just they had UCLA shut out for almost the entire game. Um, they're just holding the fort down until Cam Rising comes back. Like U- Utah, um, that Utah Washington game, if if they can both get there undefeated, that is going to be an incredible game. With the game on the line, Utah was able to end the game on consecutive sacks. Yep, there's nothing that UCLA could have done. I want- will say also, you said quarterback, he's going to be good. He's going to uh, be yes. really good. Yes, agreed. Once he gets some, some more uh, seasoning. Agreed. Here's Utah's four wins totals. Uh, here's what their defense is allowed. 11 points to Florida, 13 to Baylor, 7 to Weber State, 7 to UCLA. Like, they, they, they haven't allowed 14 points yet all year. Uh, they're playing Oregon State next. Oregon State's defense, not great. I mean, offense. Sorry, Oregon State's offense. You know what I mean? Like, eh, eh. you know where I how I feel about DJU. Eh, um, they're playing them. That's that's interesting, right? That that's a, that's Utah's next game. I don't know when Cam Rising's back, but like Utah, I mean, the Pac-12 is so good, but they got to play USC, Oregon, Washington. But if they can beat USC and Oregon, which that's a tough ask, and get to this Washington game undefeated, that would just be super fun. Utah is the biggest beneficiary of the Colorado hype train because they are the two-time Pac-12 defending champions, and they're yeah. flying completely under the radar. It's true. Quietly it's... suffocating teams to death. Kyle, Kyle Whittingham. And nobody's talking about them. Yeah, Kyle Whittingham. Like Kyle Whittingham quietly is like, hey, can I get a raise? Deion Sanders is making more than me. No disrespect. Now, obviously, he's worth it in other ways, but Kyle Whittingham would be very well within his rights to be like, hey, um, Give me a raise, y'all. Like, I got us four no top ten. We are a dominant football program right now. Uh, we get paid more than Lincoln Riley, <laughs> than more yeah. than him. We get yeah. paid more than Chip Kelly. Yeah. We can pay more than Dan Lanning. Come on. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to you, me. Kyle Winningham. Yeah, they can't mess with me. Um, BYU, Kansas, super fun game. Both those teams really fun. We talked about them. Yeah. Kansas is shout out with, to Kansas. Kansas man, with each week, football with each week has shown that they are a good team. They are top twenty five now. They just came in, I think, at twenty four. Um, so they've been playing good ball all year. Really fun. Jaden Dan, uh, quarterback Jay, can stay healthy, Jay, man. Jay, they, yeah, they gonna make Jaylen, some noise. Jalen Daniels last year got hurt right before the Oklahoma game. Uh, if he yeah. can stay, he yeah, they're playing Texas this week. I'm really interested to see how that goes. You know who he reminds me of? Uh, I wrote this down. He reminds me a lot of Seneca Wallace. Mm. He just the, you know, obviously not just the size thing, but he could play in 
the pocket, but also can excel out of it, dual threat, um, but like shouldn't be labeled as just kind of the scrambler type. Like he can really dissect defenses, draw the ball down the field. So that I'm excited about that uh, Kansas and Texas game. Can give you 300 in the air and 100 on the ground any week. For sure, yeah. And then 3.30, we were all tuned in, Colorado, Oregon. We were all hyped, and then we all were not hyped and quickly we're like all right well good thing there's a bunch of other games to tune into i did take my quick quick nap once i saw that thing spiraling out of control um so yeah that was good uh seven to eight o'clock window Blow can we have these. a moment of silence please for i was setting college offense back yet again another 50 years did that happen at seven o'clock or was that one of my notes here that was a the window before, I think. Okay, yeah. No, they didn't score any points. That's unfortunate. I know their goal is 25 a game. They didn't have any this time. So that stinks. Um, let's see. Just to make sure weren't, there aren't any other They notes. weren't close to scoring any points. No, and I didn't. I don't even know that they made it to the red zone. I, I, I quickly realized that game was going to get turned off, too, because it was Penn State. Um I uh, had a little Maryland note in that prior window. We talked about Maryland. Uh, UMass has yep. a weird, weird rivalry with the state of New Mexico. Now they've played, they played both Mexico, New Mexico and New Mexico state unexplicably. Um, so uh, I know those, those have historically been like the worst programs in, in power in D one football was like UMass and the two New Mexicos. So maybe UMass is just like, we'll show you guys. We're not, we're not that anymore, baby. We got, ACC transfers now uh they lost though so we we can read the polls baby we're not gonna take the disrespect yeah too they, much longer they did lose however so it's uh that's that's one and one versus the state of New Mexico for UMass uh seven o'clock window App State Wyoming uh Wyoming got the got the victory um I told I think last week I mentioned this that I have a high amount of when they when they kept it close with Texas um, I, I think I said like, I'm that, that to me says less about Texas and more that Wyoming as a solid team. Uh, they beat a Sunbelt team, but by rule, you are a solid team. You beat a Sunbelt team, you're a solid team. Uh, quality Memphis, win no matter who you beat. Yeah. Just anybody. You beat a Sunbelt team, quality W. Uh, Memphis and Missouri. That was my, that was my color pop game of the week. You had the, the orange and black or the black and yellow, and then the blue and black of the Memphis. Tiger battle, just tiger stripes, tiger, battle of the tigers, great game there. Uh, SEC team, Missouri. Um, you, you know, I asked earlier, the field or or uh, Georgia or the field, Missouri. Just keep an eye on them, undefeated, top 25 ranked now. Um, you know, they beat that good Kansas State team on that long-ass field goal. Uh, they might play a role in the SEC picture out out uh are they in the east or the west where are they at oh, uh, they're in the east. i know they have georgia on their schedule so that's another one that i'm uh, sure okay see. yeah that might be yeah that that's their prove it game right there they play tennessee and florida as well but i think that's their big prove it game uh wazoo oregon state talked about cam ward um one of the most impressive performances of the day oregon state's still a good team i think their defense still very solid um but just not if if their defense can't keep it a low scoring game, I don't know that they have an offense for some of these Pac twelve 
teams. You know what I mean? Like the USC, Washington, Oregon offenses might be too much if their defense can't keep it low scoring. That's what I'm observing from Oregon State. Yeah, they have to. The issue on Saturday was that Washington State started really hot. Mm-hmm. And to your point, just Oregon State, while they ended up putting up points in the second half, they just were too far behind. They were just one or two scores too far behind. Yeah. Yeah, they did. They uh, Second half, they came out a little bit more uh, offensively. But, yeah, you're right. By that point, they were just playing catch-up. Uh, Arkansas-LSU was a really fun game. Jaden Daniels versus KJ Jefferson. KJ um, Jefferson. He, you know, he was battling. He's he's a one man show there at Arkansas. He passed uh, Matt Jones, the legend Matt Jones, for most total touchdowns in a career at Arkansas. Shout out to Matt Jones, the quarterback and Ooh. receiver. Matt, Matt Jones. Jones, love Matt Jones. So yeah, you know you're 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 balling when you pass Matt Jones for total touchdowns. Um, KJ. Really fun. At, at one point, I think it was last weekend, somebody called him the best quarterback in the SEC. And I was like, wait a minute now. Like Jaden Daniels. Oh, like, and then and then they and then they happened to play the next week. I was like, no, that's that's the best quarterback in the SEC. Now it's probably he might be second best quarterback, maybe. But um but yeah, no, he I mean he performed well, but you know, Jaden too much, LSU too much. Uh, and then Ohio State Notre Dame. Notre Dame finally brought the environment, uh, the the environment. Last year, the Clemson game, that night game was probably – I've been critical of – I'm always critical of Notre Dame. Like, you don't have a really good home field. I remember last year that night game against Clemson was lit. It was lit tonight, the green out. Um, they couldn't pull it off. But I still feel good, like you said. I think we still feel good about Notre Dame um, as a team. Marcus will figure it out. The, yeah, and, having ten defenders on the two plays in the game is inexcusable. Yeah, that's bad. That's obviously, that's really bad. Um, but I think I, I would, I might make the case that they have the best offensive line in the country, Notre Dame, um, or if, if not the best, they're certainly up there. Um, they have the best tackle in in the country. But but across the board, I mean, they're just the amount of time Sam Hartman has and the amount of push they get in the run game. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think they'll be fine. Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. is incredible. Can't wait to watch him on Sundays. Um, he's probably the best col- – I was trying to think of who is he the best college receiver since in terms of just being a complete wide receiver like that. Um, we've had a lot of good ones recently, so I couldn't come up with just a particular name, but whoever I think of – So, about Ohio State or in general? In general. Like whoever I think of, Marvin Harrison Jr. is is on their that person's level. I think it's uh, I think it's him. It's well this year at least him. Uh, Malik Neighbors and LSU comes to mind. No, I just mean uh, like the best college football receiver because I I think I think he is. Oh, ever. Like years, like like yeah, since yeah, since like who and and whoever that name that comes to my mind. Like I I I think Marvin Harrison. Junior, like whether it's Jamar Chase or whether it's, um, yeah. you know, uh, I'm sorry, Jamar Jefferson, who I, who I actually was probably a little bit higher because Chase set that missed that year. But whoever it is, it's like I, I, Marvin Harrison Jr., I think will be that at the next, like we can expect that at the next level. Like he's as sure. And I'm a huge Saints fan. Uh, Chris Olave, someone who I know they were in the same receiver room, he comes to mind too, is like, yeah, he's going to be the next one like that. 
like that who just comes into the league and is immediately a difference making receiver. Um, it's got good bloodline, obviously. Uh, Trent Dilfer, yeah, I, I I forgot Trent Dilfer was at UAB. That's just a random note. Uh, Kirk Kirk Ferentz, on the same night that that happened, they just wanted to point out that he is top five in all time Big Ten wins, which is great. Um, just you know, they they pointed that out before his team despite went out. Not it did what they did, yeah. Despite not scoring any points, that is still the truth. Um, Pittsburgh, I wrote this down. Uh, is is Pittsburgh the banana in the middle of the Mario Kart course that's just there to trip up whoever the actual winners are? Because I feel like that's what their role just kind of is. Uh, UNC yeah, got by them. Yeah, they just play sport. Like UNC got by them, but I just feel like the, Pittsburgh is that team that like whoever you think is about to be like come out of the other side of of the ACC, like they'll ultimately played that Pittsburgh game and somehow lose. And then it's like, Oh, now this team is in the championship against Florida state or whatever it is. Like, I just feel like that's what Pittsburgh is. They're just the banana peel on a Mario Kart course to go throw back here. Um, So just all contending ACC teams, just beware of of Pittsburgh. Uh, And then late in that, in that seven o'clock window, JMU almost embarrassed the Sun Belt by losing to Utah state. They, they, they fixed it. They got the W, but Utah State is bad, and you know you're you're representing the Sun Belt out there, JMU. So you you can't drop that one. So I'm glad they they got that one done. It was a home game too. They weren't even on. Oh, you playing for? Yeah, this it's it's bigger than it's bigger than the Dukes. It's bigger than JMU. It's about this Sun Belt. Uh, late night, I'm gonna throw in one other sport because I always do the Japan Grand Prix. Uh, that is Formula One racing. Max Verstappen is. Basically, the surest bet in sports. Will Max Verstappen win the race? Yes, he did. He drives for Red Bull. They won, I think, the Construction Cup, which I think that's like a cumulative thing. So they've won enough races to win a thing. Shout out to them. It was on at one in the morning. So that's just my, I'm going to throw one other sport randomly in there every time. Uh, New Mexico at Hawaii. We don't get to watch that because Hawaii games are pay-per-view on Hawaii. I did some research there. It's like a contractual mm. reason. Yeah, like they 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 make – there's a contractual airing pay-per-view. It's a pay-per-view event on uh, in the mainland. It's like it has something to do with like because it's in Hawaii and the television rights and like they're not going to air. Unless it's a national game, we can't see it or whatever we're deprived of the timmy chang experience yeah too bad exactly like i'm glad that i grew up in the timmy chang and rest in peace called brennan era where i got to see those games um but anyway they played new mexico don't know what happened because there wasn't on tv i didn't look it up and it was too late kent state fresno state fresno state's good they're top 25 now just keep an eye on them uh usc arizona state caleb williams even in a not amazing game like all the other ones still uh does what he does now he will give you one throw a game i know i've called him the best quarterback i've ever seen i stand by all that but i do have to just caveat he'll give you one throw a game where you're like well did you not see that there was a defender there sir did did you think that you are so strong-armed that the ball is going to travel through his body into your receiver he'll do one of those a game um so obviously like every quarterback not perfect but that's you know about as flawed as he is and then cal washington that game was over midway through the second quarter like by the time actually 
I fully threw that thing on. It was 22 or 24 nothing already, I think, or whatever. Discord 22 7, maybe. No. Yeah, I think you texted me about that game when I was finishing up the uh, PJ Flex game. The Minnesota uh, yeah, game. the Minnesota. Overtime. By the so time they... I tuned in, they were, it was 24 7 at the end of the first quarter. I'm like, what? Well, yep. How did we get here? Yep. Like very quickly, pick six. Michael Panic's drive, touchdown. They got the ball back again quickly, scored again. Yeah, so they they got there quick. And, um, yeah, I forgot P.J. Fleck blew that game against Northwestern. Shout out to you, Northwestern. Um, game of the day between Florida State, Clemson, BYU, Kansas, Southern Miss, Arkansas played a uh, overtime thriller. And those were two teams that were one and two. And I love when two teams that are one and two play because having played and knowing the difference between how one and three and two and two feels like one and three, you start to go to that place of, Oh my God, are we going to win again? Who do we play next? Where's the win? Like you start to go to that place. Two and two is oh, one more win. And you know, we're right back in, we're above 300 right back in this thing. So that was that yeah. uh, Arkansas LSU and Ohio state Notre Dame to me. And maybe, you know, people might say Ohio state Notre Dame. I picked Arkansas LSU. That game was the most fun to me. It was back and forth. It was, it was a quarterback duel, dual threat quarterbacks. Um, the LSU crowd, you know what that is. Uh, I, I, I mean, it was either that or BYU Kansas, just because the Ohio State Notre Dame, it was a clean game, but it wasn't like it just left something to be desired. I don't know how to describe it. Like there weren't a lot of turnovers or penalties, as the broadcasters pointed out, but it just also it it, it wasn't great offense. It wasn't. I don't know if it was great defense so much as was like not great offense. Um, not bad, but just not great. So I'm going Arkansas LSU was the game of the day. Where are you on that with with some of the other ones I listed, or was it that Minnesota? I didn't watch that. What was? Did you see a game more fun than Arkansas LSU? The most fun game that I watched on Saturday was the Washington State. Um, yeah, Oregon that's State. good call. That's a good call. That's good. I should have at least nominated that one. That's an excellent. I point. missed. I missed the. Or I'll say. I missed most Ohio State because I was watching that game. I mean, I had the the four panels up, but that was that was the one where it was for me one of the more exciting ones. Yeah, no, that's a good call. It, it definitely was. That was especially if you're a Wazoo fan. Uh, play of the day. There were a lot to choose from. There was two real good catches. Uh, Mitchell Evans for Notre Dame caught a one-handed bullet with his left hand, like a coming across the middle bullet close to the body while the other hand was being held really hard as far as one-handed go. Another one-handed one for Florida, one-handed using his right hand for a ball coming from his right side. He's running a seam route, goes up, catches it with the inside hand, tip of the ball, gets hit by two defenders from Charlotte while he's landing, keeps the ball. Uh, but I'm going with will Kobe. the will Florida please stand up? Like what 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 are we doing, Florida? I don't I don't know what what kind of team Florida. Yeah, well, be. that was a sleepy. I'm gonna give them the sleepy. We just played and beat the biggest, you know, biggest game win. You gotta give them that sleepy game. But they'll be tested. We'll see what they are. Uh, I'm giving it to Kobe Bryant though of Kansas. Rest in peace, the real Kobe Bryant. But there is a cornerback for Kansas. His mm-hmm. name is Kobe Bryant. Uh, Decleated uh, the BYU defend uh, offensive player. The dude dropped the ball because I I wouldn't be surprised if he was unconscious for a second there. So the ball came out, 
scoop and score, but it was just, it was a clean ass hit, hit him square in the chest, ball comes out, picks it up, goes about 15 yards to the end zone. It's the best feeling as a, as a defender, when you knock the ball out, hit somebody so hard, you knock the ball out, pick it up and score. It's the best feeling. That was the best play. Um, Performance of the day nominees, Jordan Travis. I've said it again. It's not the stats, but what he did and when he did it, Bo Nix, what he two twenty eight for thirty three two seventy six four touchdowns. Jack Plummer for Louisville eighteen for twenty three hundred eighty eight yards six touchdowns. That's about as perfect as you can get. Uh, yeah. Cam Ward twenty eight for thirty four 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 five touchdowns. Brock Bowers nine receptions one hundred twenty yards two touchdowns. He is unguardable. Um, but I'm gonna go with and Michael Penny Jr. Every week I could do this, but I'm I'm gonna give it to Cam Ward because he did it against again what we were told is the best defense in the Pac-12. They still might be, but Cameron Ward didn't seem phased by it at all. Four or five, five total touchdowns, no turnovers, um, incredible. Incredible had like almost two fifty, I think, in three in the first half. Yeah, uh, put on the show. Yeah. All right. I'll speed through this preview of next week. Game of the week. Shout out to Dylan Sampson also from Tennessee. Yeah. 11 carries for 139 against uh, UT San Antonio. Light competition, but really impressive outing for a recovering good. Tennessee team. Good shout. Yeah. Recovering. They needed to take that frustration out on somebody. Sorry. Uh, who was it? UT, uh, UT, uh, UTA. UTSA. UTSA. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Um, quick preview next week. We talked about it. Game of the week for me is Notre Dame at Duke. Um, college game day is first time in Durham for a football game. They go there for basketball all the time. Uh, but it's first time for a football game. So Duke has a basketball team? Wait, what? <laughs> they're, they're going there under the lights. Wallace Wade. Here comes Notre Dame. Uh, that's going to be great. Uh, sleeper game of the week. I also mentioned this one. Can't wait for Kansas at Texas. Um, Jalen Daniels, like he is the type of quarterback that can pull this upset off. You need all three phases. That sounds very coach speaky, but defense is going to need to make a play. Special teams is going to need to execute. Um, but I want to see if they can upset them. Like I, I want to see a game. I would like to see a, 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 a Kansas give Texas uh their offense can score with anybody. I, I truly believe that. I want to see that proven against Texas. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, um environment. Give me Friday night lights at Corvallis. Utah's going into Oregon State Friday night at nine o'clock. Um, you gotta love when you get your own primetime spotlight game. I think the campus on a Friday night is just a little bit more lit. Like Saturday during the day, of course. Uh, Saturday nights, you know, people get to pregame throughout the day, of course. But Friday night just has that extra, like, tinge of energy to it, right? So, and it's Oregon State off a tough loss week prior, wanting to stay ranked. Here comes the defending Pac-12 champs. I don't know if Cam mm-hmm. Rising is back, but that's my environment game. Um, which leads us with only one final thing, which is the stock game. Surprise one that the that I didn't hear you say. Who? Mississippi State with the Cowbells welcoming Alabama. Uh the Cowbell game. Yeah. Starkville. Cow game, game of the week. That I, it, that could be a that's a good sleeper. Um, because like we said, Alabama looks a little meh 
shall we say? Um, like, uh, it, they don't look the same. And I've seen, uh, I've seen Mississippi State. I mean, they hung in there with South Carolina. I've I've seen enough to say maybe that could be a game. The Cowbells might get to uh, might get to might get to Alabama. I'll keep an eye on it. That TV has to be on mute. So it'll drive me insane, but I'll keep an eye on it. All right, we're wrapping up. Stock game. Um, last week, just give you the overview. Um, your t- two of your three stocks didn't didn't perform so good. You obviously had the Notre Dame stock. Didn't drop too far. Um, they were, let's see. They were nine last week. This week, they dropped to 11. So, you know, you, you, you didn't lose too much there. Um, LSU stayed pretty steady. They might have moved up a little bit. USC actually ended up dropping, even though they won. I guess the the polls weren't as impressed with their victory there. Um, so first, because I said we could buy into three teams a week. Before that, though, you're going to sell any any shares here right now. You got five in each of USC uh, UCL, I'm sorry, USC, Notre Dame, and LSU. Yeah, I might have to sell my Notre Dame stock. Good take. I have the, a lot of that, questions. Take that they L. Got a, uh, know they have some revenge on their mind, but like you said, it's going to be hard to go in and, and steal a win at Duke. So, I, I, of the teams that we have, so you're going to sell all your shares because if they win, because you're obviously t- selling them out, selling them at a loss, so you're depreciating value week over week. If they beat Duke. You, this I guess that means you don't. You gonna sell all your shares? You gotta hedge a little bit. We we because if they beat know. Duke, they come up. But if you don't think they're gonna beat Duke, these things are only gonna be less valuable by next week. So you're just trying to get out now. Well, while you think here, I'm gonna tell you what I'm gonna do because I had this kind of had this lined up. Um, I'm not selling any of mine right now. I, I like I have my my Oregon shares, my Oklahoma shares, my Wazoo shares. I think those teams are Oklahoma. I say Oklahoma, Oregon, Oklahoma, Wazoo. I think those teams are all going to get the wins next week. I'm not going to sell nothing, but I am going to buy. Um, I'm going to buy ten shares in Miami. Uh I just think that their schedule, I think that they're currently underranked at 18. And I think the Miami schedule, if they don't lose to North Carolina at at North Carolina in to in not next week, but the week after. The hardest game before the Florida State game is is a home game against Clemson, who you know I'm not super sold on. Would you? I think you would say it won't be an easy game. Yeah, but you, but, but yeah. you wouldn't be surprised if if Miami won. Well, I'm not saying easy, but that's a game that you could see Miami winning. Yeah, they could win that. At which point, you know, they get Virginia at NC State, which don't you know? I won't sleep on that. And then Florida State. I just think that there is a chance that they could get a, a beat a ranked North Carolina team. And remain undefeated through, you know, mid-November. 
And I just want to I want to get in now while they're ranked 18th. I think they could get as high as somewhere close to the top 10. Um, if they do lose, I think it won't be this. You know, I think I have at least a week to consider selling. Maybe they get ranked higher if they beat the hell out of Georgia Tech and some things happen. So all that to say, give me I'm going to get 10 shares in Miami. Um, whenever you know how many shares you're selling, let me know. Or if you want to buy anything else. Because I know what I'm. I'm also gonna buy. I'm only gonna buy one other team right now, and it is uh, it's Fresno State. I'm buying twenty shares of them at five dollars stock for Fresno because they just got to the top twenty-five. I don't think they play. Uh, here, here's the just briefly rest of their schedule. Nevada at Wyoming. I think Wyoming's a solid team. At Utah State, the aforementioned not good. UNLV, solid. Boise State, solid. But then San Jose State, New Mexico, San Diego State. They could run the table. Not saying they will. Boise State's always tough. Wyoming at Wyoming is tough. But I think this is a team that could run the table. I think they're just getting the recognition now by getting that top 25 slot, Mikey Keene, their quarterback, pretty damn good. Um, yeah. It's fun to watch. I've, I remember week either one or two when they were one of the few games on, put on a, put on a pretty nice performance. So I, I like them at value. I like them to potentially run the table at which point they would just continue to rise. I don't really see a team. Like, again, I picked out some of those games, but I don't really see a team where it's like, Oh, that's a loss. They'll have a couple of tough games, but I more so see a team that could run the table. Yeah. So give me Miami stock. Give me Fresno stock. I'm going to hold on to everything else for now. I do plan to sell Oregon at some point because I see the loss coming. Oklahoma, if they beat Texas, I feel really good about them. Wazoo, there is a loss coming. I just don't think it's this week. How much of your Notre Dame stock are you going to sell? I'm gonna sit tight with Notre Dame for now. Okay, because I like if they beat Duke, they're right back. Uh, you know, they only dropped two slots. They lost close game to a ranked team. The you know the 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 polls obviously feel still strong about them. Um, they have you know they don't. This is is this the toughest? Let's I, we can wrap on this. Is this the toughest? Schedule that Notre Dame has played, and they they always I feel like are criticized for. You know, you play the one USC game. They they stopped playing Michigan, which used to be one of the other tough games. But they played Ohio State. Duke is good now. They're playing USC. And they're playing Clemson, which, you know, we'll, we'll maybe see if Clemson's not completely trash. Clemson might still be solid. Um, but is this like – this is as tough as a, a of a schedule as a Notre Dame team has played in a while. Yeah, yeah, you're right. They they get criticized consistently for having a kind of a cupcake schedule. But Ohio State do consecutive weeks. I got USC on here, Clemson on here. So that's that's some solid teams. They should walk sleepwalk through the rest of these teams. But uh, this Ohio State Duke Louisville stretch. I'm sorry, Ohio State Duke Louisville USC stretch. Yeah, it's no joke. Like, Not to I, mention the school you mentioned before is playing spoiler in Pittsburgh. 
That's yeah. a that's a five game stretch that it's gonna be tough. They got to bring it. Like this this Duke game is is on the road, big time college game day week. Then after that, let's say they get through that, you're going to Louisville, who I mentioned I I I respect. Then you got Caleb Williams and your rival at home. Then yeah, then the then the team that just lives to upset you. Then you go to Clemson. Like this, this yeah, this is a real tough schedule. Um, respect to them for for you know if they get through, like you said, this next three game stretch, they they should right be right back in the thick of like playoff conversation, like a tight loss. To Ohio State like that certainly shouldn't eliminate them depending on what happens around them. Um, but yeah, eh, just worth keeping an eye on, man. Can't can't wait. Super, super. I said we we're gonna end. This is we are gonna end. I wrote this down though, because we talk Sunbelt a lot here. November 18th, after LSU gets through a really thick part of their schedule, there's a random Georgia State game scheduled for November 18th. We said don't don't throw that Sunbelt team in the middle of your schedule, teams that are playing for something, trying to win championships. Um, it just It's a super look ahead, but November 18th, LSU plays a very, very good Georgia State team. They should obviously... Hey, please, take sh- notice. They should beat them. should do this again. They should beat them, right? This is LSU. I'm not, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want people to hear this and hear me say, like, Georgia State's going to beat like i'm not i'm not going but what i'm what i am saying it's a random part of the schedule and if you're not focused on you know george like here's where it falls okay at alabama playing florida random georgia state game and then texas a&m to finish out your conference slate like if you and this is after, so they're going Old Miss, Missouri, Auburn, Army, weirdly, uh, at Alabama, Florida, Georgia State, second to last game of the year. Don't do the thing where you just think because it's Georgia State that by the fourth quarter, our talent will separate us and we'll have this thing wrapped up. Uh, Georgia State will be playing for not just like they'll be competing for a Sun Belt soon. They have title conference at the top of that conference. They'll be wrapping up their Sunbelt schedule. Do you know how good uh, a, an LSU victory would reflect on their resume once the end of the year is coming? Like, I'm just I'm just putting it out there. I'm putting it out there in the ether, November 18th, Georgia State, LSU. Just do the, don't, don't check that one off as a LSU victory i'm just saying could you imagine lsu's playoff chances being dashed by georgia state i'm just i'm just saying like, you I, talked about was... jimbo can <laughs> brian kelly survive that oh man no no and their schedule it's not old miss missouri oh miss is gonna be somebody this year i'm gonna go ahead and say that is it gonna be LSU? That Ole Miss. Ole Miss is gonna catch somebody this year. They have that kind of team. That's it might only, be. 
that's their only other real chance because it's either them or Georgia for Ole Miss, right? They're not really playing anybody else ranked. Like they might beat somebody who's better record than them. Then they got Tennessee, which would technically upset, but you know. No, nah, Ole Miss Could doesn't be. play. Ole Miss doesn't play Tennessee this year. Oh, they don't. No, they're hardest. They, they're they're playing LSU in a week. Well, I'll, I'll end after this. Now I'm just doing schedule talk, but they're playing LSU, Arkansas, Auburn, Texas A&M, Georgia, Mississippi State, and Vanderbilt. Who, sorry, there I skipped go. them. So like, it's either gonna be LSU or Georgia if they're gonna catch you know one of those ranked guys. Um, this LSU. I mean, it's this weekend for them LSU. So that's gonna be a that's gonna be a fun one LSU Ole Miss. But yeah, just. Just, just the Georgia State game for LSU. Keep an eye on that. And like we said, the, this Notre Dame next three stretch of games, like we think they're a solid team, but that is a tough stretch. Don't sleep on Louisville, and don't sleep on don't sleep on Louisville. Don't slip on the banana peel that is the Pittsburgh Panthers. And just like that, we will see y'all next week. Enjoy Week Five. Um, like we always say, college football always delivers. This was the hyped week. Maybe next week you're going to hear people saying less hype, not as good. Just tune in, find your games. You know it's going to deliver. Every week it does. How does it feel? How does your Saturdays feel? Peace out, y'all. All right, peace out.